I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to the Brand is Female podcast. Every week, I speak with women changemakers and founders who are redefining the rules of female leadership. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship. Visit thebrandiesfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. In today's episode, we talk about aligning purpose, passion, and one's life work, as well as the best way for business owners to integrate value, culture, and giving back to their business activities. Alicia Rose calls herself an intrapreneur. She's had a lifelong passion for social impact, working with organizations such as Business and Arts, Pathways to Education, and Harbor Friends Center in Toronto. She spent over 15 years in the nonprofit sector before joining TD Bank Group in 2018. Today, in her role as Senior Manager, Strategy and Social Impact Global Corporate Citizenship, she oversees the TD United Way Employee Giving Campaign and the TD Ready Challenge, which is a North American innovation fund that provides $10 million of grants to charitable organizations. She served on boards such as Literature for Life, School for Social Entrepreneurs Ontario, and she currently sits on the board of Soul Pepper Theatre Company and Jayu, an organization that tells human rights stories through the arts. Here is our conversation. Alicia, it's a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Same here. And I, if you've listened to episodes before, I like to start these conversations by asking my guests to uh, go back to uh, their, their younger years. And I want to know, in your case, what were you thinking you'd be doing as a career later in life? And was it in any way connected to what you're actually doing today? Or was it something that was completely different at that time? It was completely different. Um, I was... a uh, a child who was really into the arts. Mm-hmm. So I loved dance. I loved theater. I loved visual arts. I had dreams of being a backup dancer for Janet Jackson. You know, like oh God, I was really, I was really about that, that kind of side of life and expressing myself through creativity. Uh, I that, certainly that never saw myself. I've gotten to that question ever. Okay, great. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I was, I, I, I really lived that dream. You know, I really wanted to, to express myself in a creative manner. Um, and so I never saw myself working in a bank because when I was that young, I didn't understand that creativity could take a lot of different shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that was certainly um, uh, a wide and varied career path to get where I am now, but, you know, wouldn't change any of it. So you are now work, working for TD. You're a senior yep. manager of strategy and social impact. So let's talk about what you, what, you know, what path you took to get there. And then I want to get into the, the work that you do at TD. Yeah, so the path I took to get there, uh, I actually worked in the nonprofit sector for about 15 years. And uh, I've always really been driven by this idea of equity and social impact and social change. Even when I didn't have words to articulate it, I just knew that some people weren't being treated what I thought as fairly and everyone should have access to the same things and there shouldn't be obstacles for some people and not for others. And so, you know, as I was looking at where I wanted to to work, I started to shift my 
my idea of creativity of being on the stage to being behind the stage. And so I worked a lot in arts administration and, Mm. you know, realized that through the arts, people are able to tell their stories, give their perspectives Mm. and educate people in ways um, that may, might not be as formal as, you know, a school or formalized education. And so Mm. really enjoyed my time there. Um, Working in nonprofit sector, particularly with some of the smaller institutions, you wear all the hats. Mm -hmm. You know, you might be there hired as a fundraiser, but you're doing programming, you're doing marketing, you're doing Mm -hmm. kind of everything under the sun, um, which actually I think really helped equip me for some of the work that I'm doing today. Um, So I did that for about 15 years. And I think in the infancy of my career, I naively thought that the only way to make positive social impact is from the nonprofit sector. Mm -hmm. Like that's the space to do it. And as I matured as a person and also through my professional career, I recognized, no, this is like a cross-sectoral, we all need to come together. Public sector, private sector, social sector need to be integrated into how we're doing this work to drive change across our communities. And so that's how I kind of landed moving more into the private sector where I am now. So I think for a lot of people, the jump from the nonprofit sector to, you know, the world of, of finance and banking is yes. a surprising one. Uh, but I know you have a role that um, that is quite interesting and, and, and different for, uh, you know, a typical financial in, uh, financial organization. So tell me about what you do uh, in, in your work for strategy and social impact at TD and uh, why did the bank believe it was important to create that role? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. So I joined TD about four and a half years ago, and I joined what is now called the Sustainability and Corporate Citizenship Team. And that team exists. You know, it's a recognition that, yes, TD is there for the business, Mm -hmm. but a part of the business is being a strong corporate citizen. It's looking at how we do our work, how we engage in community, how we partner with community, and that we always need to be putting a lens on how we can do that better. Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of work for TD to do, but we've also come a really long way. And so in 2018, when I joined, we were just rolling out our new corporate citizenship strategy. So that is, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts of how we're doing this work, Mm -hmm. uh, which is called the TD Ready Commitment. And when I moved into to TD, you know, I used some of my transferable skills. So I had worked in arts and culture uh, in the nonprofit sector. And so when I moved into TD, I was managing a granting portfolio. So, you know, how are we using our philanthropic dollars in our local communities around us? And my portfolio was predominantly arts and culture, uh, Black History Month, Lunar New Year, you know, some of our, our big uh, ticket items that really intersected with, you know, cultural impacts. Mm -hmm. And so I loved this role. I mean, what an opportunity to move into an enterprise of this size that was looking Mm -hmm. at how do we authentically use Mm -hmm. our dollars? Like it wasn't just about, we'll just give it to this and that and that. No, like we want to shift the dial on something here. Mm -hmm. And so um, I 
I'll confess to you, when I came to TD, I thought, oh, I'll be here maybe two right. years, maybe three years, you know? Um, but really digging into it and seeing what kind of work was being done has just really invigorated a passion in me. And, and you know, I can see a, a long-term career here. And so as I've grown in my, my time here, uh, I've moved into a role that is a little bit more senior, which allows me to oversee our colleague engagement strategy across mm-hmm. Canada. And so that's, you know, we have, um, I think in Canada, we say we have 50,000 employees. I might get that number wrong, mm-hmm. um, but it's looking at, you know, how do we connect them to opportunities in their local communities to show up, whether it's volunteering, whether it's learning, mm-hmm. whether it's giving, that kind of thing. And then also my team manages our uh, enterprise-wide innovation fund. Mm-hmm. So it's still in that philanthropic world, but how do we address some of the world's most pressing social issues through an annual a program called TD Ready Challenge. There's tons of other programs that sit mm-hmm. under my portfolio and I won't get into all of them, but I feel very privileged to manage a, a great team who's delivering on some really great work. And you, you used the word authenticity and I think making sure that uh, the, the bank's involvement in a, in a community and the ways it gives back, uh, you know, your, your role is part of making sure that is done in an authentic and, and highly impactful way. So mm-hmm. how, what kind of, what kind of benchmarks or yeah. what kind of goals do you set for yourself to ensure uh, that that approach is 100% authentic and really having the impact you want it to have? Yeah, we we are really lucky. We have an incredibly strong impact reporting and measurements team. And that's part of their job, right? They work closely with us to say, okay, the evidence is showing, for example, one in three individuals does not feel a sense of connection to their community around them. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, feeling disconnected from your community causes and results in all kinds of behavioral issues, crime rates, uh, health issues. And so Absolutely. we know that these are all interconnected. So if we know that stat to be true, and we also can, you know, pull from the research, how do we help facilitate more connection into our communities, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we show people, here are ways for you to connect in to through art, through uh, a local initiative, through a program that's uh, recently been launched, then we know that we're actually getting to the meat of the issue. Uh, and, and we want to shift some of some of those numbers. Mm-hmm. We also ladder up our entire strategy to the sustainable development goals uh, that has been put forward from the UN. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're looking at where's TD's role in the global scale of issues? We understand that we cannot fix everything and we can't do it alone, Mm -hmm. but we know that we can identify these pockets where we can shift the dial. And so we really try and stay aligned. Listen, this makes the job tough sometimes. We get applications that are amazing from organizations and charities who are doing really great work. And so when we decline, it's not that we're saying that's not a valid initiative. It's saying that's not the space that we're looking at right now. Right, right. Yeah, that's, those are tough decisions to make, I'm sure. And uh, you bring up the UN SDGs, and these are, are conversations I've had with your colleagues at TD in the past. I'm and sure. <laughs> obviously, uh, women is, a, is an area that TD is highly invested in, especially supporting uh, women in business, women through, through its Women Enterprise uh, mm-hmm. Program. Um, so in your area of work, can you give me examples of... Um, Uh, ways you've given back to women specifically in the community? Yeah, of course. Um, One of my 
I'm not supposed to say one of my favorites. One of the initiatives that I really enjoy <laughs> is, <Love> one, <laughs> is one called uh, Black Moms Connection. Mm. It is run by this just fierce, intelligent, like just stellar woman named Tanya Hales, um, who is based in, in Toronto. And she started basically this community um, that, she recognized there was a lack of financial literacy and education that was accessible for Black moms and Black families Mm -hmm. and wanted to do something about it. So she started a community, basically an online community. um, And I think it started with like four people and now has moved to 25,000 people. Wow not just across Canada, but across the globe. And so this, this community is looking at, you know, how do we build healthier families? How do we provide them access to financial education, financial tools so that they can build uh, opportunities and look at generational wealth? And I think, you know, this is a program that TD supports and I'm so proud that we do uh, because I think it's it's work like this, you know, we, we sometimes use the term give back, but we're not really giving back because they're the ones giving. Like we're just, we're just happy to be partners mm-hmm. in this incredible work that's being done. Uh, and we all benefit from more resilient communities. More resilient people means more resilient communities and which benefits us all. Um, the other part of what we do is we work closely with our internal stakeholders. So like our employee resource groups, and you will have probably spoken to people from our women in leadership mm-hmm, uh, ERG yeah. who are just, you know, wonderful um, looking at, you know, how do we support women within TD and also within community. And so we work closely with them to find opportunities to connect them with community mm-hmm. and vice versa and look for development opportunities as well. Um, we are always looking at how do we ensure that our talent pipeline is, is robust and, you know, um, has an opportunity for up and coming women to move move in mm. more like senior leadership mm-hmm. positions. And so how can we support that from our team? Hearing you speak, uh, a question comes to mind because a lot of our listeners obviously are uh, female founders, business owners, they, they run their own companies or they're women executives. And what you've been able to achieve, you know, globally at, at TD, but including the work that you're directly involved with is building that strong internal culture where, you know, there is a great source of pride in the work that the bank is doing, including um, uh, the work that you do supporting uh, a number of community initiatives and organizations. So for uh, for entrepreneurs, business owners who are looking to create kind of that, you know, that that strong culture um, uh, and that that sense of belonging, you know, within the organization uh, or, or maybe it's just setting up, uh, you know, a program to be able to support uh, their, their own community. What would be a good place to start and what kind of goals would you suggest they set for themselves? So uh, my advice really is to talk to other people. So sometimes I've been an entrepreneur myself and sometimes when you have an idea, you hold it really close to you and Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily want to share it. Maybe it's a little bit of an insecurity. Maybe it's an imposter syndrome. Maybe you're just worried someone's going to take your great idea. Um, But really to build champions and to build a network of believers, you've got to be able to talk about what it is that you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I strongly feel like no matter how smart you are, 
there are always going to be other ideas and perspectives that will widen and strengthen your your concept or your idea. Mm. And so I think it's really key to build, even if it's a small circle of trusted champions and advisors mm -hmm. to help you move your idea forward and that you can come back to just even to bounce ideas off of really gets things out of your head. And quite frankly, sometimes gives you accountabilities, particularly as an entrepreneur, that you might not have if you're only reporting back to yourself. When you when you say it out loud and commit to someone else, you know, sometimes those deliverables have to have to actually show up. Um, and then the other part of it is just be kind to yourself too. This is like really meaty work that we're all trying to do. I mean, I in my role at TD, I think I consider myself more of an entrepreneur than an entrepreneur now, um, but it's still tough work. And so you're not going to have every win that you want, mm -hmm. and it's not going to always happen in the time that you want. And that's okay. You're mm -hmm. continuing to make those kind of iterative steps forward. Mm, that, yeah, that's, that's very, very wisely said. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women in Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice plus guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD services for women in business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can share experiences and learn from each other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. Now, speaking about your, your own journey, back to your own journey a little bit again, um, were there role models or are there role models today? Um, I'm interested in, in women specifically, uh, maybe women who inspired you when you were working the, in the nonprofit sector and, and today who those role models would be? Yeah. Um, okay. So I can't not say my mom. Like yeah. I can't. <laughs> right? That's absolutely allowed. I, I always love that answer. Right. Uh, I just, um, you know, she has a story that I think a lot of immigrant uh, families have. Um, and, you know, my parents coming here with next to nothing and, mm -hmm. and building a home for, for my brother and myself while she built her career as a doctor is just, it's unbelievable to me, especially as I get older, how she managed to balance and, and do it all. Um, so she continues to be an inspiration to me to this day. I am actually also really quite lucky that I now work with uh, someone who I look at as inspiration and, and a mentor. She works at TD. Uh, her name is Nat. Sute, and she's a VP in uh, Canadian Personal Banking, used to work on, on this team that I work mm -hmm. on. And I always tell the story, you know, I was, uh, you know, working in the nonprofit sector and I saw Naki speaking on a panel and she was speaking again with that word authenticity mm. about the, the um, focus of what TD was looking to achieve, how they were looking to achieve it. And she was really quite comfortable in talking about impacts they were, they were looking to make in Black communities, in Indigenous communities. And that really 
resonated with me because I felt like the private sector to me at the time felt like a sector that was really shying away from mm-hmm. some of those tough discussions and their role in some of some of what has happened in our communities. And so to hear her come out on the stage and kind of say, you know, here's where we didn't do as well as we should have. But here's where we're going. Here's how we're owning it. Mm-hmm. Um, was just an inspiration to me, and uh, as a black woman as well, uh, to see a black woman holding such a senior space in such a huge enterprise like this was just, you know, kind of mind blowing to me, to be mm-hmm. honest. Mm-hmm. And so I searched her out, and I wanted to understand her story and her background. Um, and she's been such a help in my career as I navigate a whole new sector that I never knew anything about prior to maybe five years ago. Mm, that's amazing. I love both examples. And it's actually great that you get to work with somebody who is, you know, a, a real yes. life inspiration. That's that's actually really exciting. Um, I You've referred to the term being an entrepreneur, you know, now in your role. And it sounds like you were an entrepreneur in your nonprofit uh, career as well. So how, what kind of advice do you have for women entrepreneurs who try to do it all, who try to, uh, you know, accomplish a lot. You've spoken about your mom who uh, was building her career while, while also raising a family. So what are tips and tricks that or things that are important to you that you've discovered over the years in terms of trying to keep that balance? And I hate, you know, bring up the concept of work-life balance yeah. because it's such a, a myth that's being sold to women. But how are how are things that help you kind of, you know, keep your head in the game and and uh, kind of manage the pressures at work, but also uh, in your in your own personal life? So I've learned something over the years, which is, you know, as we evolve in our life, our self-care is going to look very different than it did before. And I have recognized that, you know, there were tactics that I used to use that helped me balance, that helped me focus. And, you know, I might think about, oh, I, I need to make sure that I spend time with my friends or I need to make sure that uh, I'm still really engaged in theater or, um, you know, other artistic performances because that's my happy place. And so... I want to be able to balance what I'm doing every day at work with some of these activities that are extracurricular um, that that I identify with. Um, as I move through my career, I recognize I need different things. I need downtime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't need to be on <laughs> sitting in a theater and I don't necessarily always need to be with my friends. And mm-hmm. bless, I love my family, but <laughs> I don't always need to be. Sometimes I just need uh, a rest. There's a, there's a uh, social media um, account that I follow called the Nap Ministry, and I, follow I her just too. Yes. <laughs> appreciate this so yeah. much because it actually reminds you of the value of of rest and you know centering yourself and and taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that being said, I do also think that it's about really listening to yourself yeah. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. We all have these responsibilities that are not going to go away. Mm-hmm. And so it's not always possible just to say, you know, kids make your own dinner. 
<laughs> I'm going to go over here. I, you know, I appreciate that, but I think we need to listen to ourselves. We push ourselves for such a high level of excellence. Mm-hmm. And at times excellence can only be achieved by taking breaks along that journey. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's never, the, the, the graph never goes, you know, completely straight up. It ebbs and flows and there's dips and valleys valleys and hills um, to get there. And I think if we can accept that, Mm -hmm. then that allows us more space to be able to do the things Mm -hmm. that we need to do, whatever that might look like for you or for me. Mm -hmm. A good friend of mine, her outlet is gardening. Yeah, love that. You can keep that over there. That's fine. (laughs) I I think it's it's less about what the thing is and more about listening to yourself. Mm -hmm. Again, some some wise words. Um, I want to ask about your definition of leadership. And, you know, you are a leader um, internally in your organization, your the the role that you occupy and your and your and your position within within the company means that you also have leadership within the community. So what does leadership mean to you? For a long time, I was actually really uncomfortable with the term leader. People would say, oh, you're a leader. And I was like, ah, I don't, that doesn't feel, that doesn't feel great because I, I think I interpreted or understood it as, well, if you have a, if you're a leader, then you have followers. Mm. And I didn't want to have followers. I didn't mm. believe that I had followers. So it didn't feel like an accurate label to me. Now I think about it in terms of, yes, I am a leader and I have a real privilege of leading other leaders. Mm. Like this is my, some of my responsibility as a people manager or someone who's working in community is to identify the leadership talents and skills of others, help facilitate connections, help facilitate development opportunities. Like I think as as leaders, we lean into whatever our superpower might be. And we look at the people around us, not as, you know, kind of our audience, but as participatory mm-hmm. in this leadership. Mm-hmm. And that feels like a more comfortable definition for me to think about it. Mm-hmm. And so I understand that, you know, I have a team that I lead, but within that team, there are times that other people are taking the lead. Yeah, there are times yeah. that there are other people who are least senior on the team that are taking the lead because mm-hmm. they're leaning into whatever their superpower is. Mm-hmm. And I really embrace that approach. And that's the definition of a true leader is creating opportunities for, for others. And I heard somewhere that your, uh, your, your own philosophy is collaboration is much more productive than competition. Um, And I'd love for you to expand on that, especially as, um, you know, we often talk about the the importance of women supporting other women. And and this is true in the business world, but it's it's true anywhere. Um, And I think both men and women equally can be, you know, we kind of naturally sometimes have an inclination of wanting to be in competition. There is something healthy about competition, especially when we talk about the business world. But again, it has to be healthy competition. But that notion of of support um, and, and collaboration is key. So what does that look like for you? 
Yeah. And I'm glad that you said that because it's not that I think that competition is a bad thing. I mean, if you ever play Monopoly with me, you'll know (laughs) I'm down for competition any day. Uh, But I do also think that there is such great value in collaborating with people and collaboration might not be across all aspects of your work. It could be around something very specific. You know, quite frankly, I talk with other FIs at financial institutions. We talk. Mm -hmm. There are ways that we collaborate, but we continue to be in competition with each other. In the marketplace. In the market. You know, so so I, I do think that there is opportunities, but thinking about specifically with women, oh my gosh, if, you know, I I have a really close network of women, both within TD and outside of TD, that I have had the pleasure and privilege of collaborating on a multitude of projects. And the amount that you learn, the self-satisfaction, the way that we're able to raise each other up, the way that we're also able to have commonalities and understand some of the common challenges that you might have in a workplace or in an environment, uh, it gives you an outlet to be able to feel like you have a safe space as to how do I address this? You know, collaboration could be on a a very specific project. Collaboration could just be on, you know, I have a... um, a group of women that I text with every day and none of them work at TD. But every now and then I'm like, this is happening. I need some advice as to how to approach it. And they're bringing all of these different perspectives from their worlds and from their experiences. And Mm. so I just think the more we can learn from each other, um, the more that we're able to grow and strengthen. And it might not change your direction, but it helps you even become more confident in your direction. Mm-hmm. I love that. And what do you think of that? And I don't know if it's a misconception at this point or, or, or myth, but we often talk about women being competitive with one another, right? Mm, yeah. And there's kind of that narrative that's that's been built. And I think, you know, part of it might have been true or part of it might, might you know, still be reality. But um, where, with, you know, because of a scarcity mindset, we've kind of been taught that, you know, in a, in a specific organization, there might only be a few roles yep. that go to women executives. Yep. So what, what do you think of, you know, of that, of that narrative and, and most, more, more importantly, has it changed or how do we change it? It's such a tough one. I think this comes out of uh, a scarcity mindset, but the scarcity is often a reality, right? Mm-hmm. Like if there's only so many um, women in particular leadership positions. Uh, I look at it from the lens as a, as a Black woman. Mm-hmm. If there's only so many Black women or uh, Black individuals in leadership roles, you know, it's hard not to think about those things. And I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's in anyone's best interest not to think about those things. But my my vantage point on it is if we need to still think about it, that means the problem still exists. Right. Right. Absolutely. And if the problem still exists, my answer is not to compete with you. Yeah. My answer is to try and address the it's core problem. of the issue. Right. Absolutely. And that's hard to do. Like I'm saying mm-hmm. that like, yeah, and that's it. <laughs> but, but that's hard to do. Yeah. Then the work when, begins. <laughs> when, and also when you're in the reality of you're b- both vying for this job, like, mm-hmm. like, you know, in the reality of it sometimes that does come up and sometimes the jealousies come up or, you know, that kind of competitive 
um, mindset that's not helpful mm-hmm. comes up. And so I think that's that's something that we have to accept in ourselves. But I would love if we, and I say we as like women and women identifying collectively focused on these, the issue is actually the system. It's not each other. Yeah. And exactly. and if we address that, then mm-hmm. we're in a better space. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Um, what's one thing that's on your agenda for, let's say, the, the year ahead, a goal that you set for yourself? And it can be something personal. It can be something professional. But what's something that you're looking to achieve this year? Um, I think so. I have two. There are some professional goals that I am looking to hit. And, uh, you know, really some of that comes back to what I was talking about in the beginning, which was, you know, how do we do even more work now that we are, um, I won't say we're post-COVID because we're not, but we've opened up into more in-person environments. Some of the work that I was doing around colleague engagement has opened up even wider. So how do we get TD people back into communities, back Mm -hmm. doing the meaningful work and engaging and, and that kind of thing. And so I have, you know, some goals set around that. And then I also have some goals set personally, which is um, back to this, this kind of idea of balance that we both <laughs> have kind of said I don't even know if that's a real thing but I don't know what to call it anymore I don't know what to call it but how um, we stay grounded how we stay in our power some something like that <laughs> exactly so I have recognized that at least in this stage of my life um, what rejuvenates me is getting outdoors being outside yeah. kayaking this weekend I'm going to go learn how to surf Ooh, right. Good luck. So, thank you. <laughs> so I've made these this commitment to myself to mm-hmm. really, you know, take the space and time to dig into the spaces that bring me joy and mm-hmm. make me feel at peace and have me my mind working, my mind yeah. and my body working in a different way. So I'm excited for that. I'm I'm excited for you. And, and and I think that's so important, especially given that when we turn on the news now, it's easy to get brought down. There's a lot of, you know, difficult situations, uh, horrible things happening around the world. And, um, you know, I think I think contributing and, and, and playing our part does mean that we have to find a way to stay grounded and in our power and optimistic, uh, because otherwise we will all be brought down by, you know, just the events around us. So it is a really, it's a really, it's a reality that I think I've actually talking about self-care. Part of what I have done is I used to watch the news voraciously, like Mm. turn it on first thing in the morning. I would watch it right after work. I'd read the paper. I have actually decided I tune into the news every other day now. Mm -hmm. I can't, Mm -hmm. it's, it's too overwhelming. So, I mean, unless there's something really key happening, but it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah, no, I hear you. And well, my favorite question to ask everybody who comes on the show, what's one thing you wish women would do more of and one thing you wish they would do less of? So the one thing I think women should do more of, I'm actually going to uh, uh, tell you what my mentor, Naki Osute, told me, which is take up more space. Okay, love that. We often shrink ourselves or feel like that's not my place to say or do or I'm not going to apply for that job because I I don't think I'm quite there. Just do it. (laughs) Take Mm. up the space. You are important. Your voice is important. We, We all benefit from hearing it. And I think the flip side of that in the idea of what uh, to do less of 
you know, we need to, um, we need to stop kind of beating ourselves up. Mm-hmm. We can be really tough on ourselves. A lot of women that I speak to, you know, the, the, the way that um, they kind of carry guilt or negative feelings about something that they've done or said or didn't do or didn't accomplish or didn't accomplish in comparison to someone else is, is really, really harsh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, a friend of mine said to me, like, this is years ago, she's like, you would never talk to other people the way you yes. talk to yourself. Yeah. Start talking to yourself the way you talk to other people. Mm-hmm. You're a kind person. So be kind to you. Mm-hmm. And so I've tried to internalize that. And so I, I put that out there as well. to less negative talk to ourselves, more mm-hmm. kind talk. Another very good one. Yeah, that, that was good advice. Well, thank you so much, Alicia. It was great hearing about your journey and uh, you, what you're currently up to and more about your role. Uh, and thank you for making time today. Thanks, Ava. I enjoyed the conversation immensely. Thanks for inviting me. I'm glad and it was my pleasure. I really hope you enjoyed today's conversation. And if you did, as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and give us a review wherever that is possible. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.